Hi everyone, welcome to the Paddle Pod, your weekly podcast covering professional paddle presented by Hugo and Burns. We're on to episode 14 this week. And as always, let me introduce my co-host Hugo. How are you doing today? I'm very well, thanks, Gons. Excited to chat some more paddle as we do pretty much every day of the week. <laughs> and um, well, I just wanted to give a very quick mention before we start to Mr. Austin Tapia, because it's his birthday today. Oh, is it? And yeah, it is. It's he's twenty-four today, and I thought, given yeah, how much of a legend he is, and well, personally, how much of a fan I am of him, just thought I'd give him a quick shout out. Yeah, that's wonderful. Hopefully, he hears this. Uh, but uh, nevertheless, yeah, Austin Tapia, happy birthday to you! I'm sure you celebrated after last night's win. Um, so yeah, should we go into the Madrid P1 Premier Power Tournament? 100%. Yep. I um, Well, just to give a very kind of quick overview, top line overview, and we can delve a bit deeper once we're, we're done with that. The outcome of it was, to be honest, fairly predictable. We both thought that Bayon Tapia were going to win it. And... The result of the final was what we guessed. We thought they were going to, well, beat the pair. They would play relatively easily, and they did. I know the first set against Paquito and Chingoto was a very good set, and it was tight, but they did win two sets to love. So I guess in that sense, it was predictable. However, there were a lot of shocks and upsets, and I think it's worth discussing a few of them. Personally, I think the biggest shock for me was Lebron and Galan losing against Yangwa San Bella. I agree. Uh, sorry, was it Yangwa San Bella? Yes, it was. No, uh, Yangwa San Bella, they lost in Rome. No, that, exactly, that was Maxi right. Sanchez yeah, I got confused. Exactly, sorry, my bad. It was Maxi Sanchez and Lucho Cabra. I mean, to be fair, I had mentioned last week that Lucho and Maxi were pretty much back to their peak form and they were playing really well recently. And they're such a solid pair because they know each other really well. They've played together a few times. And, well, I think they made the most of Lebron's ongoing injury. I think it's pretty obvious, well, following how he broke down during that interview uh, after one of their wins this well last week at Madrid V1. I don't know whether anyone saw it. I'm sure you did, Gons, but he broke down in tears saying how much he's struggling with the injury, how much he struggled. And, well, he just said that he's going to keep on pushing and trying to get back to his best. It's really sad to see. And I think it's just one of the saddest things about professional sport, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. I don't think there's anything worse than a, you know, bad or ongoing injury. Just uh, we hate to to see those things. And, uh, yeah, we saw another one this week with uh, Stupa, unfortunately, having to go out. Uh, I'll go maybe into that later. I do think uh, I want to also give props to Maxi Sanchez and Lucho Capra, obviously, as you were mentioning. Like, I did expect Leron and Galan to bounce back this tournament, but they didn't. And in all fairness, I almost felt like, yes, Leron is still feeling the injury, but you know, not to take anything away from Maxi Sanchez and Lucho Capra, because I honestly thought they won the match. They were so complete and, uh, you know, they followed up that performance with another great performance against 
Fabian uh, Coelho where they took them three sets. So uh, really unbelievable. One of the highlights of the tournament for me. And then I'm going to have to go with Momo Antonio, given how much crap I've given them uh, lately. Just, I think we uh, both have. Exactly. This show is not a, it's definitely like we do love Momo Antonio. We don't hate them just to make it clear. So uh, I, I have to give credit where credit's due. They definitely, you know, they, they came back, uh, I think, this tournament. Obviously, they tried for the first time Sanyo playing on the on the left side and Momo on the right, which we've sort of alluded to in the past as well. Can Momo play on the right? Um, and they clearly show that they can, and it's just another variable that adds, you know, that their rivals need to think about. So it was great to see they just they just like when playing you know they were very competitive and, and very much like full of confidence playing their paddle Momo was outstanding and in fairness as well Sanjo in the match against Stupan Dineno in the changeovers you could hear him say like Momo you know you're doing amazing I'm the one that's like missing the shots but I miss less but we definitely have this so it's obviously great to see that you know we've we've sort of seen Sanjo before badmouth Momo so yeah, everything that he's said before in interviews that he also says good things like you know that, that was proven right there. And in their match against Stupa and Nineno, even though obviously Stupa had to retire and they couldn't complete the match, I still felt like Momontanio were the better pair throughout the whole match. And they were, yeah, like they were just dominating them. And even, you know, even that they actually won because of the injury, like um, I, you know, at that point, I do think that it was like, a fair result um so yeah big props to them that was uh those were i guess one of my highlights from from the tournament yeah i mean i fully agree and just thinking about the biggest disappointment i think it's pretty obvious that it's galan and lebron i don't think we want to delve too much deeper into that i did want to mention one more thing about lebron's injury just very quickly and i don't want to you know digress too much from the main topics we want to discuss today but the rumors are that it might be Lebron's bat this year mm. that may have caused the injury or maybe one of the reasons of his epicondylitis. So apparently it's a much tougher bat, a much harder bat. And I'm sure you noticed, but actually he played last week's Madrid B1 with last season's bat. Yeah. And yeah, I'm sure it shocked a lot of the viewers and apparently those are the rumours going. So I really hope that's not the case. Not just because the bat the new bat this season's bat is so cool <laughs> cooler in my eyes but yeah i just hope it's not down to a bat because that would be that'd be so sad and also just so unlucky but yeah i also wanted to give a big shout out to koki nieto and john san because their quarterfinal against the bombarderos tapian coyo was one of the best matches if not the best in my eyes coyo and tapia were outstanding in the first set and they pretty much spanked quite, um, John Sant and Kogi Nieto. It was something like 6-2 or 6-1. But in the second set, Kogi Nieto and John Sant really turned it around and from nowhere ended up winning that second set and really challenging Koi and Tapia. And at one point, I really thought they could do it. They're such a solid pair. I really, really do think that they're going to do well this season. I have very high expectations for them. I wouldn't be surprised if they become relatively regular contenders of semi-finals this season. 
mainly because obviously Lebanon and Galan are currently still not at their best. So I really do see them with the potential to be doing that and making the semi-finals consistently. And well, yeah, I also wanted to wish Stupasuk the best. I really hope his injury isn't anything serious. And he did, in the Instagram post, talking about the injury, he did have a bit of a go at the organisers and paddle generally, saying that it's still not a professional sport and he can't believe how the, well, the infrastructure is not adequately prepared and you're able to run into a billboard yeah. with sponsorship. It's yeah, It was it's just ridiculous. so close to the court. It's so close. It's ridiculous. And Stubba wasn't the only one. In the final, Chingoto, I thought for a moment they might have even stopped the final, honestly. And then Coelho as well. In um, I think it might be in the match against Koki Nieto and, uh, and John San. Coelho also had a moment with the with the billboard, then there was a mat like one of the first round matches as well. I can't remember one of the players. He said he complained. Obviously, Stupa the biggest one, and now he's missing Malaga. You know, he's missing the the tournament in Malaga this week. Yeah, I mean that was uh, it, it was a bit of a, a bit of a shocker to be honest. Huge shocker, and to be fair, I did think that Madrid P one was really well set up. It looked unbelievable. The lighting was great. You know, credit where credit's due to the Premier Paddle organisers because they're doing such a good job. And it's it's a big spectacle and it's great to see. Shame I couldn't make it down due to other commitments, but I would have loved to go and watch some of the games live. But they do have to sort that issue out because, as Dubai says, if they really want to make it a professional sport, they can't be risking players' health and risking serious injuries because the billboards are too close. It's just just a joke in my eyes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely shocking. And now we won't have, uh, you know, one of the most important pairs of the whole tournament in the next week. Hopefully, as well, it's nothing like too serious. But, uh, but yeah, that's uh, it's really it's just a shame. Yeah, and I guess the only good thing is that they're gonna have a rest because they are the pair that's played the most matches this season, as we know. Goya and Tapia missed the tournament due to injury. And, well, I'd seen a stat that both Dineno and Stupa were the players that played the most matches. Obviously, they played the same number of matches. So, in a way, Dineno, it, I think it will be good for them because they did look quite tired recently and they've had to go and play really long matches. We spoke about it last week, three setters, you know, tiebreakers. So, yeah. in a way, it's good, but it's just, yeah. Not, not the way they wanted it to yeah they've, they've also been playing they haven't like they've reached the semi-finals in every tournament that they've played so they were playing until Saturday minimum every week so yeah I guess in a way uh, you know looking at it in hindsight and obviously now that we know that you know there's nothing super serious then I guess maybe they can take that as a positive that they can now get some rest although they would be very gutted if they miss the following week's Premier Battle tournament in Mendoza and Argentina, because yeah. obviously playing at home for them is is a huge priority. So, yeah, fingers crossed. But um, the well, I think the main topic we wanted to discuss today was a really interesting one in my eyes, and I'm sure our fans would enjoy it. And well, 
essentially there's been a new ranking, paddle ranking, created by Knox and Paddle Up. And well, it's called the ranking Paddle Up by Knox. And Gons, you were actually the one who told me about this. I hadn't seen it until you mentioned it. And I've seen a lot of videos and read a lot of, well, a couple of articles talking about it. I really like it. I think it's really interesting. And well, I don't know whether you wanted to kind of give a brief overview for the viewers in terms of how it works and the idea behind it. Yeah, of course. So maybe to start with uh, the idea behind it is basically a ranking just purely based on stats and math. And the idea behind it is to rank players individually um, and create a ranking of the real, you know, best player in the world or the best players in the world. Of course, the rankings that are currently out there, you know, they they essentially they're they're made up based on wins and you know pairs and stuff like that, but it doesn't really take into account actually individually, you know, how much do you contribute to a win um or how much do you contribute to the game, you know, how really really good are you? So I guess it's important to just take into account that the ranking that they've come up with, uh, you know, the, the people from Paddle Up is purely individual and it's based on actual shots and, you know, match situations and all of that. <clears throat> now they don't go, they say it's an algorithm that's based on 20 different variables. They don't exactly go and say which variables there are one of the things that they have said is that for the time being, they want to keep it a bit secret because they don't really want to give it away. Um, and it's very much still on like a testing sort of beta phase where they've just released, you know, what the rankings are and they've explained a bit how it is. But yeah, they haven't really like opened up completely on what their methodology is. But like I said, it's based on 20 variables. 10 of the variables are positive. So if you do them, you, you know, you get more points, other variables take away points from the player and all players start with a hundred, uh, 100 points. And uh, so, yeah, obviously your score, depending on how good you, you know, what you do on those variables can either be above 100 or below 100 and maybe just some insight into, you know, some of the variables, which they do mention, basically they say, obviously, you know, getting a winner when it's golden point versus when it's uh you know love love and doesn't weigh the same um so that's one of the things that i thought interesting and i think obviously like missing a shot or unforced error versus not unforced error isn't weighted the same uh, so they do take like certain things you know quite into detail and in consideration which i think is very interesting and um and yeah, the, the last thing as well to mention is that, which I find is nuts, but to be fair, it makes sense given how you know they've just started with it, is that they only can only do from quarterfinals onwards because they actually do this manually. So they actually watch all the games and I'm guessing they record exactly like, like the amount of shots, what type of shots, like all of these things to get into their variables. Because I mean, as far as I'm aware, I'm not sure if like, all this granular data is available out there maybe there are some like private companies that offer it i'm not too sure maybe foxton has this data available on the bike from there but at least the way in the way they've explained it 
it seemed like they actually watch all the games and after the games, they actually record all the data themselves. Um, and yeah, they basically come up with this algorithm that's got these variables and then spits out the number and the ranking. So, uh, so yeah, quite interesting. Uh, what do you think? I'm, yeah, I mean, I've got to say I absolutely love it. So firstly, big thank you to both Paddle Up and Knox for yeah. creating that. I myself, I'm a bit of a geek. I love data. I think it's great in sport. And we briefly touched on it, talking about the importance of data and statistics mm. in paddle already. It's always been a big thing in other sports. I think it's only a big thing in paddle recently when they've had, well, players or top ones have had teams and coaches behind them. and They've been able to afford this kind of data, really. But yeah, I think it's great. I was really surprised that they can actually count winners and errors differently depending on the points. So as you said, you know, depending on the specific call when score when they're made, a winner counts more when it's made at thirty all than when it's made at fifteen or thirty uh, thirty love, for example, which I completely agree with. And I think it's great thinking from them. They also have stats like the number of winners and gold gold points, which again is incredibly interesting. And yeah, as you said, the fact that it's only done for the quarterfinals is totally normal, given that it's manual, I think, at the moment. Yeah. And they've only done it for the male ranking so far. Yeah. They, uh, you know, it makes, it makes total sense. But yeah, as I say, great to see that analytics is not only seeping into the paddle world, but becoming available for ordinary viewers and fans like us, not just coaches and players, because I'm sure there's a lot of, adult obsessed minds out there who are going to very much enjoy reading about this new ranking and yeah just another thing to to add and follow if you're a paddle fan like us but i think the what we really wanted to mention as well was what the top 10 ranking is currently right correct so um well i'm going to ask you we obviously know the positions I think we kind of remember them pretty well. But I wanted to ask you, what was the biggest surprise for you? Positive surprise. And what was the biggest negative surprise? That's a very good question. The positive one. I think the negative one I'm quite clear on. The, mm -hmm. the positive one, it might seem... Uh, yeah, it might not seem that like, or, or it might seem obvious, but I, I was a bit shocked, to be honest, just purely because, yeah, it was Martin Dineno being second um, ahead of Coelho, which I thought was nuts, just simply because, and also I think that ranking was prior to this little, like, for, like run of form, essentially, that the that the Super Divas have had where they've been winning and stuff. I think this was maybe taken a month ago. and Just about, yeah. I think it yeah. was around the Valladolid Master, right? Exactly. So, yeah, I was quite shocked because obviously, like, up until then, you know, Super Divas have lost. They, they lost basically every match against the Los Bombarderos and Coelho and, and, you know, Coelho and... Uh, and Tapia had won every tournament. So I was quite surprised to see Dineno in second. But I think it also reinforces what like we had been discussing those months, which was like Dineno really stepping up 
and not only being a, a defensive monster, but adding a lot of offense to his game, which really sh I felt is sort of what elevated the pair of, uh, of Los Superfugios. So that was like the, the positive surprise, even though it might seem like, oh, a bit obvious, obviously, I didn't ex just expect him to be that high. And then the negative one has to be Alejandro Alan, which is, uh, he was ranked number nine. Um, and obviously, you know, that's a massive decline to where, where he's at um, in the actual rankings, for example, in the Premier title rankings, he's still number one. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, it, even players like Momo, for example, ahead of Alejandro Galán, Papita Chingoto, both ahead of Galán. Um, so, yeah, that was, uh, that was quite a, a shocking uh, surprise. But I'm sure, you know, he's obviously improved. Not the results, but his play, I think, has improved recently, and especially last season with John Sam. So yeah, I'm sure now he'll be he'll be higher. What are I guess what are your surprises? Yeah, I'm actually going to go for slightly different ones, and not because I don't agree with you. I think, well, we've been talking about how well Dineno's been doing this season, and how he's literally become one of the best players in the world, no doubt. I think when he was playing with Paquito. People kind of doubted him and thought, well, it's more that Paquito is literally in the form of his life and he's driving yeah. pair and Dineno's just helping him. Whereas now I just think Dineno might even be the main character of the Super Best pair. Okay. But I was also surprised about Dineno because Stupasuk is fifth in the ranking. So I, that is quite a big difference, obviously. And yeah. as you said, Dineno being in front of Boyo, big surprise. But for me, the biggest positive surprise was actually Mike Youngers. So he's ranked seventh. And I mean, well, I personally don't think he's the seventh best player in the world, but this is an individual ranking and it's based on data. So it's yeah. really good to see. I really rate Mike Yanguas. I really think he's going to do really well. And I think he's only going to be better and improve. He's only 21. Yeah. He's one of the hottest. Yeah, exactly. Incredibly young, one of the hottest young prospects on on the tour and he plays on the forehand side of the court which is a bit of a niche I, I think we normally think about the best players in the world playing on the backhand side of the court so I think it's good for him that he'll play to his advantage when looking for top backhand pairs but yeah for me the biggest negative surprise was actually Sanyo not being in the top 10 I know we've been talking about the fact that he's not been playing very well and he's not having a great season but he did start off really well with Momo and as we've just said the most recent tournaments haven't been taken into account so I didn't think he'd be that far down and also given that Momo is in the top 10 I think he's ranked ninth. so it really shows how even though Sanyo's well been beefing a lot about Momo. Momo has objectively been the better player, maybe. At least this ranking dictates so. So, yeah, as I said, great ranking. Paquito coming in at third. That's really showing how he's coming back to his best form. And, yeah, other than that, I think the rest, is, the rest of the players were more or less where I thought they'd yeah. be ranked, right? Yeah, agreed with that. Yanguas is definitely a, a very good shout. And 
yeah, very, very surprised with that as well. But as you say, he has been playing very well and he needs to reach a level of consistency, which was missing previously. And now we're starting to see that. Exactly. And I think he's just got so many different aspects to his game in the sense that he can pretty much do everything. He plays on the forehand side of the court, but he's really attacking. He's very good at getting the ball back. He's improved his smash a lot. He His forehand volley and backhand volley are really good. He's got a drop shot in his locker as well. He's got magic. So, yeah, I mean, I, I really like him. I just didn't expect him to come in at seventh because essentially that means, yes, only six players in front of him. When you think about all the players yeah. on tour. Yeah, I mean, great to see because obviously he's from Madrid and people probably won't know, but my mum's actually from a town very near Madrid in the south of Spain. So I almost feel like he's, well, kind of linked to me in a way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so moving on now, the other thing that we wanted to discuss was, uh, it's quite a topic actually in, in Paro in general, and I think it has been this season, which recently Paquito brought to light on Twitter where he asked his uh, his followers what like what do they think or what do we think in general around having the microphone um, in the changeovers and at the players essentially area and obviously from a player's perspective I think Paquito was like I don't think that everything should essentially be shown on TV or live because there's like some things that you want to discuss like in your group with your coach and obviously with your player but on the other hand he was also acknowledging that from a you know fan experience it's obviously great to see so yeah we wanted to ask you this Hugo what do you what do you think do you agree with Paquito or are you still quite a big fan of uh, being able to watch the changeovers and you know hear the coaches and hear the players and see what they say? Well, I've got to be honest. I completely understand where Paquito's coming from. If I was a player, I definitely wouldn't like it. I do feel that in a way those conversations should be private because I don't know many other sports where you can literally hear what's being spoken whatever it is, halftime, changeovers, for example, tennis, you don't hear anything because players can't communicate with coaches. I know they've actually trialed some sort of communication in tennis at the next-gen ATP finals, if I'm not mistaken. They trialed coaches being able to communicate with players, but this is another level, right? This is listening to the whole conversation between the two players that make up the pair and the coach. So I understand where Paquito's coming from and I wouldn't like like it. However, I do think it adds a lot to paddle. I, I'm always really excited to hear what's going on at the benches and at the changeovers. And I think it it's an angle that's good for paddle because obviously we've just said that there's not that many sports that offer this for viewers. So I think it's great for paddle fans. So, yeah, as you can see, obviously, hard to say. I don't disagree with Paquito, but as a fan, I really do hope it stays as it is because it's just super entertaining. What do you think, Gons? 
Yeah, I'm thinking about it from a completely fan perspective. So I love it. <laughs> but uh, as you say, like, I mean, it's just like a, I guess, another USP, you know, for, for, for paddle, which other sports don't have, as you mentioned. And whilst paddle still very much in its infancy and, you know, striving to be one of the most global sports and growing and stuff, I think it's something that is really cool to have. And I'm sure that it will help with a lot because, uh, yeah, I'm, I've seen fans around, I think, love it. One of the things I, I will say as well, actually, I prefer how Premier Paddle do it because uh, they actually stick with one pair at the changeover and uh, they each changeover, it will, you know, it, will, it will be a different pair. But I like that they stick with one at that specific time, just because then you're able to really grasp the full conversation. Whereas I feel like in World Paddle Tour, where they do half and half, you actually don't really understand that much sometimes what, what, like what was actually going on. Because by the time they get to actually what they want to say and stuff, then they've already switched the camera to the other pair. And then in the other pair, you're already halfway through the conversation of what they're saying. So it's a bit, so I do like it how Premier Paddle do it. They just stick like one and one. And uh, yeah, if, I mean, for me, I love it. And, you know, I hope we do get to continue to see that. But yeah, obviously, I understand from a player's perspective, it, it might get annoying as well. Yeah. And just to reiterate that point that you've said, I much prefer how Premier Pad will do it. Also, because if I'm not mistaken, changeovers are always available to listen to. Whereas during World Paddle Tour tournaments, it's only towards the end of each set, if I'm not mistaken, right? So I think it it adds, well, just it makes it a better view for us and paddle fans generally. So yeah, Paquito, I'm really sorry, but I'm going to have to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we can move on to the race now and uh, discuss this upcoming tournament in Malaga. We're back with World Paddle Tour now. As Hugo, you mentioned, the next Premier Tour will be Mendoza P1 in Argentina. Um, but yeah, it's great to have the World Paddle Tour back. We're going to you know, go back to watching Golden Points, which personally are I prefer from a fan perspective as well, because I just think it's a bit more entertaining. Agreed. Uh, so yeah, maybe we do a recap of Madrid in terms of the race. So Hugo, you left Madrid with 46 points. And I left with 41 points. So in reality, no change there. The gap is still five points. I think we both, we were, we predicted very similarly. And we both obviously failed to predict Lebron and Galan making the semifinals. And also uh, Momo and Sanya making the semifinals as they beat Stupa and Lineno. But we've got a very interesting Malaga Open, which I'm very keen to hear your thoughts on because the draw is very tasty and I think uh, it's time for me to make up some points here. I'm going to go a bit rogue. I'm just going to tell you that. Okay. Okay. You know what? And I also think it's your turn to go first because I really want to hear that. And, well, just before we go for this, I'm incredibly excited to see that Libak and now Waterhead oh. are back and we'll be playing together at the Malago. I'm absolutely buzzing for that. Their paddle is just, well, obviously the last tournament they played together, they made the final. So yeah, absolutely buzzing to have them back. 
and I hope they're ready to fire. But yeah, Gons, over to you. What are your shouts? Yeah, I agree with that, by the way. And when they did split up, we did both of us say that they should have stayed together. But anyways, uh, going into the actual tournament, so the first semi-final, I'm going to go with Coelho Tapia against Nieto Ansan. And in the second semi-final, I'm going to go with Paquito and Chingoto. And you know what? I'm going to go with Galan and Leidon in this one. I was about to okay. take this, but I do feel like Galan and Leidon will beat Jan on the last day this time around. But in the first semi-final, I'll th- I do think that Koya and Tapia will win two sets to love. And in the second semi-final, I think Galan and Lebron will win two sets to one. And then in the final, I think Koya and Tapia will win two sets to love. But just very quickly on Nieton Sand, I completely agree with you on what you were saying in the beginning. And I love how they play. And I think they're a really good pair. So I'm... Yeah, I do think that they will make the semi-finals and, you know, potentially beat Momo and, and Sanyo. Wow, that is bold. And you're not going to believe me, but I have literally the exact same predictions, not just oh God. the semis, but the scores. <laughs> so that is actually really bad for fans. So viewers, I'm really sorry. But... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I just don't see Goy and Tapia not making the semi-finals. I was really struggling to decide between Nieto Sanz and Momo Sanyo, but I just really like Nieto Sanz, their partnership, and I genuinely think that they would beat Momo and Sanyo. I, I agree that they played a really good... Sorry, this is Momo and Sanyo I'm talking about now. They played a really good tournament this week, well, last week in Madrid. I still think they've got doubts in their heads. And I still don't buy the fact that they're back. And that's why I'm going with Nidon Santh. I didn't really have many doubts with the lower side of the draw semifinals. Paquito and Chingoto playing really well. And I do think Galan and Lebron are going to make them. And they, they've they actually benefited a lot from Stupa's injury. Because prior to it, they were seeded third. And they would have had to play Goyan Tapia in the semifinals. Whereas now being seeded second, they would only see Guayan Tapia in the final. So, yeah, as I said, it's exactly the same as you. Two sets to love to Guayan Tapia in the semis against Nieto Sanz. Two sets to one for Alana Lebron in the second semi. And I do think if Guayan Tapia play Lebron and Galan in the final, they would win pretty comfortably. I still don't think Lebron and Galan are ready for that challenge. So, yeah, guys, I'm really sorry about that. <laughs> I'm I'm very interested though that you went with Lebron and Galan as well to in the semi like to make the finals and beat Paquita and Chingoto. To be honest, there I was trying to think as well what you would do, and I, and I didn't expect you to go for them as well. I just think that they're bound to make a final very very soon, and I know that they lost to Maxi Sanchez and Lucho Capra, but they played such a good match, and. I just, yeah, I don't really, having having a look at their draw, it's not that hard. Yeah. So, I mean, to be fair, the win against, I mean, the match against Chingoto and Navarro was a toss-up. I really didn't know who to go for. 
That's why I went for two sets to one. I do think it's very tight. It'll be very tight if it happens. And it could go either way. But I just, I genuinely feel that it could be Lebanon and Galan's time to be back. I don't know why, but I really do feel that. I agree with you too. That's also, I guess, why I went for it. But uh, yeah, this wraps up this week's episode. Uh, Hugo, was a great one. So thanks for joining. Pleasure as always speaking to you. And yeah, I hope everyone enjoyed the episode and uh, can't wait for the next one, which we've got in store because it will be very special. Yeah, absolutely buzzing for the next one because it's going to be slightly different and I'm very, very excited. And just to give people a bit of a sneak peek, we're going to have our first guest, which, yeah, I can't wait. So, yeah, guys, have a great week and see you very, very soon.